All right, everybody. Monday, November 14th, 5.45 p.m. Uh, looking to discuss the Duke-Virginia Tech game that took place last weekend, but we would be remiss to not discuss the absolute tragedy that occurred on the grounds of the University of Virginia last night and pouring into today. Um, just a terrible, terrible thing. Three young men, three football players, three students at the University of Virginia lost their life at the hands of senseless gun violence that occurred. Um, you can look at the details online. Um, Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, Deshaun Perry uh, were all killed uh, in Charlottesville late last night um, by another student who also happened to be on the University of Virginia football team. Just a horrible thing to go through um, as a football team, as a member of the university, as a member of that community, um, or even anybody going to school or doing anything in this country. Um, yeah, just felt like we needed to open the podcast up with that. And uh, Grayson, I know, I know you have some thoughts here. Yeah, um, I definitely think a lot of Virginia Tech alumni – uh, anyone who grew up a fan, anyone who has family who went to Virginia Tech can, can remember what it was like in 2007 in the wake of our tragedy on April 16th, uh, what it felt like that day, how kind of it took everyone by surprise. Everyone, It was just a terrible, terrible day, and that's what today feels like. Uh, it feels the exact same. And, and what I'll say is uh, back then, University of Virginia – welcomed us with open arms, embraced us then. And what we need to do now is, is, is do the same for them. Uh, if you know any UVA alumni, I'm sure plenty of people listening to this podcast right now do reach out to them. Uh, they're a community in and of themselves. Uh, the Charlottesville community, the university of Virginia alumni network, everyone there who's currently a student, uh, reach out to someone. If you know them, tell them you love them. I think that's very, very important right now. So yeah, just a reminder of how a fragile life is and how stupid it is to get caught up in, in rivalries and everything else. At the end of the day, we're all just human beings. And uh, there are a lot of people that are really struggling in that Charlottesville and UVA community. Um, but again, our thoughts and prayers are definitely extended to that community. Um, and without further ado, we'll get into the other half of the podcast. It is Billy Ray Mitchell, who had just moved at literally just got back to New Jersey after moving out of Newport, Rhode Island. And Grayson Wimbish in Los Angeles. We are here to talk about the 24-7 loss at Wallace Wade Stadium. Virginia Tech has fallen again for the seventh time in a row. And we're going to talk about it. We don't want to talk about it, but we're going to talk about it. <laughs> um, we are the Sons of Saturday. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at Main Street Pharmacy, located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia. Whether you need a prescription, whether you need some household stuff, whether you need a Nitlo t-shirt, they're awesome. Whether you would like to get a flag, whether you would like to get some of the Bass Pro Shops t-shirts that are still available, small sizes only. Head on down to Main Street. They have you covered. You are more than a number. You are 
a neighbor. Grayson, kick us off with a hokey haiku today. Yes, sir. Uh, I wrote this one myself. It's been a minute, but uh, but I'm back in the in the hokey haiku game. So here we go. Lost in Wallace Wade, boys and girls hoops are balling. Newcastle banners. Actually, Billy Ray, you and I both wrote that for the we record. Did. You, that was a collaborative you, effort. Yeah. We did. We did. We were doing the counting and everything else. Yeah. I mean, look, let's just extend this for a second. Let's not talk about football for just another moment. Men's team, 2-0. and yeah. Women's team, 2-0. and Been a whole lot of fun to watch both. And I got to say, dude, I'm wearing orange today. Would it be off base to say that the orange uniforms that Virginia Tech wore last night were the best-looking Virginia Tech uniforms across any sport ever? I, they're my favorite. They're up there, dude. Like it, those, are the those are the hardest basketball uniforms we've ever worn. Fire. I mean, like, like, and and I would say the ones that contest that are the other script uniforms we wore in like the Duran Washington era days. Mm-hmm. They were also orange, but they had the gloss, kind of like the the shiny, like old school basketball jerseys have. That. And one stuff, yeah, 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 yeah. and one level stuff. So, uh, and I believe in my trip, are we? Th- Two and zero, or are we three and zero? I think the men's team is three and zero now. But either way, under- either way, um, yeah, no, you're right. They are three and zero. You're 100 percent right. Um, I also want to shout out the women's team who did have the cursive scripts, whatever you want to call it, font First. on their uniforms last year, and they're awesome. So they're just fan. More of that, please, More and sell that, merch please. with that logo. Yeah, can I buy that stuff? Let me buy <laughs> some stuff. Let me but let me get a crew neck with that on it. Yes. And also, while we're talking about that, <laughs> while we're talking about Main Street Pharmacy, shout out Jeremy. He had a squad in the skybox in Castle last he night. He did. It was like a f- very very fun time. Jeremy also was interviewed. Uh, I believe it was at halftime uh, yeah. with uh, with um, Zach and uh, the crew. Yeah, yeah Zach and uh, and Mike Burnham. So that was awesome. Um, yeah. But look, we got to talk about football, All right? We're here to talk about football. Again, Virginia Tech fell 24-7 to in Wallace Wade. Grayson, go ahead and give us the uh, give us the rundown. Yeah, game recap. Here we go. So Virginia Tech goes into Wallace Wade uh, as 10-point dogs on Saturday. And things start out really hot for the Hokies. We, we force Duke three and out on their first offensive drive, and then we respond immediately. Two-play drive capped by a beautiful 53-yard touchdown pass from Grant Wells to Daywan Lofton. And that, unfortunately, would be the only spark from the from the Virginia Tech offense on Saturday while the Blue Devils score a 24 unanswered points, and they just started chipping away at our defense. Uh, they spread the wealth in the scoring game. Quarterback Riley Leonard threw two touchdown passes to two different players. He actually ran one in himself. And, uh, I mean, what a day he had. He ended the day completing 19 of 31 passes for 262 yards, had a QB rating of 82.3. Um, and I guess another bright spot for us, it is worth noting, uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention this, the Hokies did not have a single penalty on Saturday, which is – First time since, like, 1989 or something. Like it's that. a long, It's been a long time, which is stark improvement from what has been a season that has been plagued by penalties. So here we are. We're 2-8 and eight now, and we're staring down a very, very good Liberty Flames football team coached by Hugh Freeze. They just signed him to another five years, and we're headed to Lynchburg on Saturday. 
which would be uh, pretty interesting. Um, Headed uh, to play against a Liberty team that just lost to UConn. Yes, also true. Uh, is I guess we'll start this off with first things first. Look, if you're in Blacksburg, you need food, you need to shop, you need to go get some popcorn and watch a movie. First in Maine, it's the place to go. It is the place to go. It has everything you need, no traffic, no hassle, no nothing. Just get to what you got to get going. You don't have to wait in line, no covers, none of that garbage. You want to sit down and eat? Head on over to First in Maine. All of it. They got you covered. First in Maine, Blacksburg, Virginia, everything you need. Here it is. First things first, it's bad, it's historically bad, and it's all bad. There's not one thing you can point to. There's not one thing that you can, oh, if we just get this figured out, it's all fixed. No, it is bad. Very, very bad. Uh, This is the seventh loss in the row. It's the most since like 1951, 1952. Uh, Virginia Tech has a score differential of minus 48 in the fourth quarter. Um, And just getting, aside from the play on the field, to me, it's a lot like it's like the body language. And Grayson, I know, I know you want to talk about the body language, but that's my biggest thing, man. Is it's just the body language of this football team is like is is deplorable. It's. I'll put it this way, and I, I guess this is the best way I can put it. We look just dejected. Like we don't. We're not. We're not a cohesive unit this season. We don't play as one. We don't pretend to play as one. I don't, I don't think either. Uh, and it's just like on Saturday. I only got to see full transparency, only bits and pieces of the game. And I'm like, it just, I think we're just so done this season. It looks like we don't want to be out there. And, and I guess with, when you lose a lot of games in a row, maybe that comes with the territory. Uh, But now we have two or potentially one, given the circumstances in Charlottesville today, obviously very sad uh, or one game left. Um, So it's it'll it'll be interesting to to see how that all unfolds over the next coming days, but it's it's sad, man. Either it's it we're staring down two and nine or two and ten at this point. Let's be honest. I think be- I think I'll also say this too. I don't want that to get, and I know you didn't mean it this way, but I don't want that to get to construed into. I think it's admirable that the team hasn't quit. Like Agreed. Defense's ability to get back on the field as much as they were playing was yeah. pretty pretty amazing uh given the circumstance they were put in but we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but no that's that's just that's what it seems like we've talked about it all year we haven't played and coach prize talked about it we haven't played yeah. a game where all phases of our football team were pulling in the same direction at the same time and you know whether we think we're close whether we think we're far whether you think a play here a play there something goes different something bounces our way at the end of the day it's a 2 and 7 football team and that is what it is. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, that is what it is. It might be two and eight. Yeah, two and eight football team. So, and I guess r- real quick, you know, don't get that misconstrued. I'm not knocking anyone. It's it's just I think at this point in the season, when you when you come off of that many losses in a row, you're like, dude, yeah, it, it, the energy's yeah. different. It's different. Yeah. yeah. And and I I always try to harp on this and talk about it, but like, can you imagine going into the facility? And practicing and prepping for the next game or, you know, watching the film, going out to practice, doing all of these things for what's probably been a nightmare season for everybody involved. So, right. um, Let's talk some bright spots. 
just said it. Defense played really, really well, in my opinion, given the circumstances that they were put in. The defense was on the field for 39 minutes of the football game. That is almost 70% of the game. Um, look, first half playing really well against the run. Duke is one of the best, better running teams in the uh, ACC. Played well. Um, that's really all. That, that That's really it. I just thought the defense played played pretty well after being on the field for that long. You talked about the zero penalties. Yeah. Great. No penalties. Um, <laughs> It'd be nice to have zero penalties and, and win the football game. That yeah. would that'd be a nice translation. I uh, guess another bright spot was, I don't know what his name is, but it's the guy who's on Regional Sports Network. He's the announcer that did our six overtime game. He was on the call. The broadcast was absolutely terrible, um, yeah. but I do like that announcer. Uh, Monsoor Delane, the interception. That's, I mean, that was nice. He's a stud. Yeah, he's a really good football player. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, I guess for all intents and purposes, the Lofton touchdown was a very nice play. 53 yards. You hit him on second down after getting a three and out there. I'm like, dude, damn, we might might do him out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I know I know Daywan is uh has struggled a little bit this season, and so it's nice to see him get a touchdown for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, moving into the sour spots, probably a little bit longer. Like Grayson, I'm not like this is not conjecture. It's literally every week is like up for worst offensive performance I've ever seen a Virginia Tech team play. And look, we've had our fair share of bad offensive performances. It is a dogfight to score any points. Barring our first drive of the game, the scoring streak is gone. <laughs> you know, the score everybody loves talking about the scoring streak. Um but I mean, god, 281 yards of total offense on yeah. Saturday. 53 of those came on the second play of the game. Right. Here are the two stats that are just insane to me. Two drives two had more than six plays we had one drive that lasted longer than two minutes and 30 seconds that is baffling baffling bafflingly terrible it i don't know what our identity is i don't know what we're trying to do i don't know of anything that's connected it just is so hard to watch um and I, you can hear it in the tenor right now of our podcast. I I, I don't know what to say about our offense. I don't. Yeah. And it's frustrating given kind of the situation and the defensive performances. Coach Pry, I think it was one of the first things that he said where it's like you scratch and you're clawing, you do everything you can on defense and you don't really get a chance. I We've had some games where we've had really solid defensive performances. The first half against West Virginia. Um, thought we played well enough in the NC State game to find a way to win that game. Um this same week against Tech. Same with Georgia Tech. This week wow. against this week against Duke, you give up seven points a quarter. Like, can you muster seven points a quarter? Can you find a way to score seven points a quarter? And you just can't. And um and that's where we're at. That's where we're at now now. One of the most anemic bad offenses I have ever seen. It's every weekend, it's it's like you it's like we're shaking a magic eight ball, and it's like will produce something today mm-hmm. or will produce nothing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's like, you just never know what you're going to get. Uh, the offense is obviously the thorn on the side. I think uh, Grant Wells, not to single him out. That's never what we're trying to do on here. 
he was 16 for 28 and had a QBR of 25.4. That's it's not good. It's mm-hmm. it's bad. It's very bad. Uh, we just I, I think again to the eight ball thing. We don't know how at least right now to play a complete football game on offense. We just don't have the slightest clue. Uh, I, I I don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, other than you know I think maybe. There's a, a few different things going on, but and then the, the the other sour spot is while our defense is on the field for 39 minutes, uh, the one thing that is is starting it's it's just frustrating. I think is the the lack of depth on our defensive line. We just don't put pressure on opposing quarterbacks no. all season, all season long, man. Like these quarterbacks have. Of a week long vacation back there to do whatever the heck they need to do, uh, and and it's that concerns me. Um, it, no sacks, no sacks on Saturday. Yeah. Two quarterback carries. Um, and again, it's not like there are only, you know, really young guys up there. I mean, right. Josh Lewis played for a long time. Uh, Pollard. Pollard's played for a long time. Hendricks. Garbutt's played for a while. Griffin's right. played for a while. Like these are all like upperclassmen guys. And right. it is just, you know, and we've gotten lucky with some of the quarterbacks we've played. We've right. played backup third string quarterbacks and avoided like the potential, you know, ACC player of the year going into the season. It is, um, you just sit back there and get picked apart, picked apart, picked apart. And then also their ability to, if you're not going to get pass rush, hopefully you've got a, splot, a spy on them or they're not going to be able to scramble for a first down. We saw it constantly in the Georgia Tech game where they're scrambling for first downs. The Duke game, they did it again. It is just not good on – on. it's it's just it's, – it's On a lot of levels, dude. It's bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, I, I've said it a few times already this season, but it's it's the worst it's been in my life. I mean, there's no way that you're going to be able to, and again, that the pass rush is an indictment on the defense, but again, there's no way the defense is going to have a chance to succeed. If you're asking them to play that long, right. That they have, it's just, it's, it's, it's an impossible ask for any team. You don't Um, have enough gas in the tank. You can't do that. I tweeted it out. I think I tweeted it out at halftime. I think Duke had the ball for like 21 of the 30 minutes at halftime. I was just like, this is not. And it was a it was a winnable game up until like maybe halfway through the fourth quarter, um, and that's just kind of where we were. So, isn't that it's funny what you just said? It was a winnable game until about halfway through the fourth quarter. How many games could you say that for this season? Basically, all of them. pretty much yeah. all of them. Pretty much every single game. Yeah. Um, I would say another sour spot is just special teams play. I mean, the lack of ability to have a good punt game, win the field position battle, um, field goals. I mean, we're afraid to kick field goals at this point. It is, you know, it's bad. It's bad. Uh, there's, there's nothing else Nothing else to say here. Um, man, out to lunch. Uh, my out to lunch this week. Well, first of all, out to lunch is brought to you by our friends at Roots Natural Kitchen. Roots, looking for some health in your life? Looking for some, some zestiness? El Jefe. El Jefe Bowl. Balboa. Now, they did just open a couple weeks ago. So if you're in Fairfax and Nova, you got to check them out. Open it up in Fairfax. So check them out. Um, 
And also, great job by Nels Williams, who's been crushing the Roots rapid fire segments. Just had Georgia Amor on there. Got some Tucker Holloway action. Um, awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. But use code Beat Liberty. Beat Liberty, hashtag Beat Liberty, in the app, and you will receive 20% off of your bowl. So go ahead and do that. Look, here is where I'm at. I cannot, and and we've been over this. Everybody's kind of learning. More power to everybody for trying to learn and trying to get on the right page, and we're all figuring this out together. But I do not understand punting on fourth and five on the Duke 43-yard line when you're up 7 nothing. By the way, that punt was touched back, so it was a net 23-yard punt. But then you go for it on 4th and 4 on the Duke 21, down 10 with four minutes left in the third quarter. Um, you have an opportunity to cut the game down to a one-score game. You have the opportunity to give your defense a chance to play and kind of extend the ball game there and and, and give yourself something to build off of. I, I don't understand that. I, I don't get it. Now, on that fourth down, before it, you're looking at third and seven. We drop a quarterback draw that goes for like two, three-ish yards. And then the fourth and three call was a go route to Caleb Smith. And to his credit, Grant Wells probably made the best throw that he made all, all game right there. Caleb Smith, catchable ball, didn't go our way. But that's what we ran on fourth and three, a go route to Caleb Smith. Um, That's my out to lunch. Grayson, any other – any other? Yeah, I, I would just say that we we have got out to lunch again this week is the field goal kicking unit. We're missing field goals that we mm-hmm. shouldn't miss. I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know uh, what's what's going on there with 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 Will Ross. I mean, dude was automatic like mm-hmm. for the first half of the season, and now I don't. I know we missed one a couple weeks ago, and I don't know if he's in his own head, but like we got to figure that out. Yeah. You can't be missing chip shot field goals. Uh, those are those are difference makers. We've seen it in a few games where it's like those NC State and Georgia Tech. You have those three points, we win. Mm. So you got to you got to iron that out. Um, before we move into letters and lunch bill, that's it. Like I, I really I, I don't have anything else to say about this game. We did not control time of possession. We did not run the ball effectively. We did not rush the quarterback effectively. We did not pass the ball effectively. We didn't get penalties. That's it. Uh, I really don't have anything else to say about this game. Um, next week, we turn the page to Liberty. We're playing in Liberty. Ooh, Lunch bag. We're doing that. <laughs> um, so I'll be there. I'll be at the Liberty game. Um, if you're going to be there, hit me up. Um, but it's Got bad. It, 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 it is bad. Um, but opportunity to have some positivity going in the off season. That's how, yeah. that's how we'll look at, uh, that's how we'll look at next week. Letters to lunch pail. Uh, first question comes from Mike Holmes. Can we address the rather large elephant in the room? Pass protection seems to be getting worse each week and needing to have Holston in there to help in the passing game hurts availability to use King in the run game. Is it scheme or assignment errors? Look, I, <laughs> One, I feel like a, a lot of our running backs are pretty good in pass protection. I said it early on in the season. I thought Malachi Thomas made some great. I he think I think he was always in blitz pickup, great in blitz pickup, even though he was a little undersized. Keyshawn King is much better. I said that early on in the season as well. I have no idea the rhyme or reason or or scheme or strategy in the way we use our running backs. Uh, I don't know why we don't use Bryce Duke a lot. 
I don't know what we're looking to get with Jalen Holston. I don't know how oft I, 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 I have no idea what we're doing. We don't run block. Well, we don't run the ball effectively and it doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason. Um, I'll say this Jalen Holston ran hard. It was probably the hardest I've seen him run all, all season, but I really don't know. I don't know what it is. And I don't know who the future of the running back room is. Um, I think really at the end of the day, we're that's just who's, whose number was called. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I don't. So, um, yeah, no, I, I agree with all that, Bill. I just, I just, it's, it seems kind that's of, it just makes no sense to me, man. I, I really yeah. I, like that. Like if I'm circling, a position group and I'm like, I really don't know what we're doing here. And I really don't know what our identity on offense is. I don't know what we're trying to do, but I really don't understand the usage of, of our running back room. I, I don't know what we're trying to accomplish. I don't know who's doing the best. Who's I don't have an answer for you. I'm sorry. Uh, last letter from the launch bell today is JVT Hokies. He asks if pride does not make changes to his staff or at least reshuffle the staff this off season, should Wits step in and force changes? Uh, I don't think, and I say this not to sound, you know, disrespectful or anything. I, I don't think it's Wits' place to to do that, and I don't think he would. You know, when you when you hire a, a football coach, he is the CEO of your football yeah. program, and he's going to make the decisions and the changes that he feels are necessary. I don't think, I mean, unless I'm wrong, Billy Ray, like I've never heard ever of a, of an athletic director stepping in and being like, Hey, this isn't working well. Uh, I don't trust what's going on here. You have to fire Stu Holt or whoever. Well, Grayson, if that would have happened, it would have, it would have happened happened in the last, in the last regime. Uh, you know, let's call it, let's call spade a spade here. This would have happened in the last regime. If, if that was, if that was something that was in wits MO or, or, or whatever. So, um, so there's that side of it. And then, uh, in, in the interest of calling a spade a spade here, like this was a gamble, you know, first year head coach, two first time coordinators at both coordinator positions. Um, and it's, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens this off season. Um, I, I, again, to answer your question, I don't think or foresee or expect, um, wit to have a conversation with coach pry about that. If he does, we're never going to know that, um, but I do expect there to be, and this is not directed at any coordinator or any specific person. There are going to be changes coming up in this year. I think the I think the ship has sailed on that. Things are going to have to change. Um, whether that's a meeting a perception thing or uh, whatever, there are going to be changes, um, and we'll see what they are. So. That is what that is. I hope that answers your question. I, th- I think I think we probably did. Yeah. Maybe, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, is there a better example? I mean, look, I'm a foo guy. I've always loved foo. Um, right. I think if there was if, if there was an example of a time that, that would have happened, it would have been last year. So yeah, and, and that's a great analogy. And it, yeah. it, it never happened. So there you go. Uh, um Sharky shout outs. Uh I, I think today. It's Billy Ray, you and I, ironically enough, we did not plan this, but we're wearing UVA colors right now. You're wearing the orange, I'm wearing the, the navy and the white. Um, we want to shout out the University of Virginia's administration, their current student body, the athletic department, their athletic director, and above all else, the mothers and fathers who lost sons last evening. 
And then Coach Tony Elliott. It's his first season at UVA. I don't think anyone, especially him, expected this to happen this year. Uh, and, it, and it makes me wonder, if you're Coach Tony Elliott, I mean, what 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 do you say to your team right now? And he's he's probably had a very, very difficult day. Um, but just thanking and praying uh for for Charlottesville, for for the University of Virginia. Um yeah, it's it's really, really sad. It's really, really sad. I mean, we talked about before we pressed record, it didn't even feel right coming yeah. on and talking about it because this is not what anybody wants to hear, what anybody's yeah. interested in or for a multitude of reasons. So I think that's well said. I think that puts a bow on it. And um, we will talk to you soon to preview Liberty. Yeah. Go Hokies. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Take a hit.